Welcome to the Truth Must Be Told podcast. I have covered many subjects and will continue to bring you quality podcasts to give you some hope in this uncertain world. If you've missed any episodes, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org and you will find the link for anchor.fm, which will allow you to listen to previous podcasts absolutely free. It's free to visit the site and free to listen. While you're there, consider hitting that support button and help this ministry to continue to be free and a blessing to many. Thank you for your support and for joining me here on The Truth Must Be Told. What a day. Welcome to the podcast. Um, We will be discussing hell today on The Truth Must Be Told. Well, stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'll be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts... Here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. And once again, welcome to the podcast. Um, I want to begin by thanking all of those of you who have been praying for me. Uh, I'm much better now. I still have some pain, but uh, I had a very severe infection in my my face and my tooth. Uh, My whole upper lip had swollen up. I kind of looked like... I was laughing. I described it. Have you ever seen that uh, Twilight Zone episode where they, um, um, girl, and she, <laughs> when they took the bandages off, she was normal, and all the doctors and stuff had these big lips and pig's ears. Uh, that's what I kind of felt like. It was a mess. But I'm glad to be uh, back on the uh, show. I'm sorry I missed the last two. I could not talk. It, would, it just wasn't going to work. Uh, but the swelling has gone down considerably, and I would, your continued prayers are appreciated as uh, we move forward and, you know, we are going on to, uh, on to bigger things here, okay? Uh, continue to pray for the ministry. We're, we are definitely growing. And thank you. Oh, I also want to say this one thing as well. Thank you to all of those who have called. I've had uh, several brothers and sisters, uh, that uh, uh, not many, but a few, have called to see uh, how I'm doing. I got a lot of well wishes on, on Facebook and on Yubnub, uh, which, uh, by the way, I just want to give that a shout out. Yubnub uh, is a new social platform. Uh, that you could find me there at the Truth Must Be Told podcast. So go to yubnub.social, Truth Must Be Told podcast. Uh, but I want to thank those who took the time out of their busy schedules to give me a call and to see how I am doing. I do appreciate that very much. I'm telling you, uh, people, you know, if you know somebody that's hurting, and I mentioned this, if you listen to the podcast on uh, on Kilroy Williams' show that I did, uh, we discussed this. You know, just picking up the phone and saying, hey, how you doing, it was a big, big benefit uh, to me and to uh, – you know, and to Lori as well. We do really do appreciate those who have called, and uh, you're very special to me. Thank you very much. All right, so we've got to go on. We have a lot to cover today, and I hope we can get it all in today. If not, we are going to have to go into two parts, but we're hoping that we get it done today, all right? So, but we're going to take our time because there's a lot of material to cover here. All right, so to begin, uh, we've heard the phrase like hell on earth, or I'm living in hell now, or when hell freezes over, you know, or I like this one, not a snowball's chance in hell. 
And we heard other such phrases, you know. Um, you know, for many and, and many years, people have made light of the subject of hell. Uh, people don't want to talk about it. They think it's a it's a they don't want to talk about God's punishment. And uh, some have denied even the existence of hell. Uh, you know, cartoons depict Satan and hell as tormenting <clears throat> those who have gone there with pitchforks. They depict them as a horned, red-skinned, hideous thing that uh, is is bringing uh, you know pain and suffering to everybody. Uh, the truth is actually that the pain and suffering that you're feeling is because of sin in the world. It's not from Satan. And if you wind up going to hell, it's your choice, not God's. And we'll discuss that in a little bit. But according to George uh, pollster George Barna, 76% of Americans believe in heaven and 71% believe in hell. All right, so there's now only 32% believe that hell is an actual place of torment and suffering. You believe that? Yeah. 40% believe in a, uh, believe that it is a state of God's eternal uh, excuse me eternal separation from God's presence only 40%. 64% believe that they will go to heaven and only 0.005% that they will be sent to the flames. 0.005%. Isn't that interesting? Now they just don't believe that hell exists. There are people that just say, no, I'm not going to go. There's no such thing. They want to conveniently ignore the truth. And the truth is that hell does exist. It is a real place. Now, many folks believe that the Bible's description of hell and the devil, they're just metaphorical. Uh, if they're metaphorical, metaphorical for what? There's some kind of story tale, whatever. It, it, it's no metaphor. Hell is, hell is just as real as heaven is. And the punishment is just as eternal as life in heaven will be eternal to those who go there. What people, to fear, what people fail to realize, and I'm hoping to bring a little light onto the subject today, is that uh, there are many compartments to hell that, we took, that are described in the Bible. And uh, there's, you know, and not, not circles of hell that some people describe, but I'm talking about five distinct and separate areas of hell. Now, if we, uh, I'm going to have you, uh, if you look at this chart, now those of you who are listening uh, can view this on one of the platforms I'm on. I'm on, uh, go to yubnub.social and uh, you search for the Truth Must Be Told podcast and you'll find it and you could watch this video there. Also, it'll be on YouTube. If you search my name, Sal Passes, or the Truth Must Be Told, you'll see my ugly mug there and you can watch the video there. Uh, and there's other places too. I'm on Rumble and things like that. But take a look at this chart. All right, now, uh, on this chart, there is a lot. It's a very, very busy chart, and I agree with it. Is, there's a lot going on. But if you'll notice, just before the flood, there's the pathway to the Tartarus. Okay, so you see the Eden is on the left, and you see where there's a little arrow, and it goes down to Abel. And the grave, you see, is it encompasses almost the whole arc of the earth there, uh, or the circle that here. It's not necessarily the earth, but at any case, um, that is the grave. Everyone who dies goes to the grave. Okay, that is the first compartment of hell that is described in the Bible, that, you know, we all go into the ground at one point or another. You'll notice that uh, just before the flood, where God gives redemption in all in all those millions of people go into the grave. You see, the sons of God, they're sent to Tartarus. Now, uh, the interesting 
you know, and uh, we're going to call this the second compartment of hell for the sake of our discussion, okay? Uh, but you'll Now, uh, this is a place of fallen angels. All right, these, these demons were afraid to go there, and that's why Jesus begged them not to be sent there. They would be bound up and kept until judgment. In 2 Peter 2.4, it says, For God did not spare angels when they sinned, but he sent them to hell, to Taurus, uh, Tartarus, tar, Tartarus, and put them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. And the, uh, then uh, we have Jude 6, says, And the angel who did not keep the positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment of the great day. So these are... Tataris here is the place of the prison of the fallen angels. All right, so they are now locked there and they cannot come out. And that's what, uh, and God threw them there. And I want to, I want to just, um, just very, uh, very uh, quickly just touch on the fact that, um, that the angels, these fallen angels that went, now these are the ones that, the sons of God that um, sinned against in the in the days of, of Noah. Let me get myself back up here. Uh, that sinned in the days of Noah. That um, 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 that cre- that had sex and inter- intercourse with women of the earth, and so God was not pleased with them. It was one of the reasons He destroyed the earth because it was increased wickedness, and He decided and He sent these fallen angels to this particular place all right so that's that's where they are and that's what that's for all right uh so and though so this is what jesus described now if you'll notice um excuse me let me back up a little bit i got ahead of myself let's take a look at the next two compartments of hell this will be compartment three of hell and you'll notice that it's split into two this is called sheol uh and it's also it, it, you'll see it's split with paradise on one side and hell on the other. Now, God had to make a provision for those who lived righteously in his day. All right, so this is, these two are considered Sheol. So a person dies, their body goes into the grave, and then if they are righteous, they go to paradise. They go to the side of paradise. Now, this was before Jesus came, okay? They would go to paradise, uh, and because they couldn't go to heaven because they were not sanctified and weren't, wasn't purified by the blood of Christ, which had to happen. So now, uh, those who were the unrighteous dead, they would go to hell, <clears throat> okay? It is the boat of the souls of the wicked dead, and is it is, uh, it is a place that Jesus discussed in uh, Luke chapter... For me before, but let me read this to you again, okay? Um, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, Hades, hell, where he was in torment 
and actually it's in Torments, the original uh, 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 Greek there, he looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus by his side. So he called to him and said, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced. All right, even if someone rises from the dead. Paradise or Abraham's bosom was on this one side. It's where the righteous, again, again, the righteous uh, dead went to. Hell is the abode of the souls of the wicked dead. And you will notice here on this chart that hell is still occupied. All right, paradise is empty because Jesus went there after he died and led all of these righteous souls, every single one of these righteous souls, he led them to heaven. He led them out of that, of the paradise, and took them to heaven. See, like I said, you could not go to heaven even though, they could not go to heaven even though they followed God because they needed Christ's sacrifice on the f- f- cross to fully cleanse them. But now they are in heaven with him. All right. And the scripture. For eight through ten. So this is why the scripture says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people, to his, pe- to his people. Uh, Psalm 68:11. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earth and earthly regions. And uh, he who descended is the very very one on whom on, who descended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Ephesians 10, um, Ephesians 4 verses 8 through 10. I'm sorry, I'm trying to read two different things here at once, and it makes things a bit difficult. I'm sorry. So all of those who die without Christ will go all right they are the 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 unrepentant thief went there the hitlers the hamans are there the the they're being tormented they're murderers child molesters and even folks that thought they were righteous and religious will be there unless they repent and accept the work of Christ on the cross so could God save the likes of serial killers or a righteous person. I told you the story. When I was doing prison ministry, I met a man named Frank who had 23 life sentences, murder, assault, rape. He he said, Sal, you name it, I have done it. But God forgave him. And when you sit down with five minutes for that man, you could see he was genuine. I talked to the guards and the guard said, "Oh yeah, he's he's totally changed. This is this, and he does have 23 life sentences. Wow! And yet here I was in the presence of this mass murderer, and felt the glory of God, because he's no longer a mass murderer. God forgave him. 
Yeah, he still has to pay his dues to society, no question. Because that's the written law, he has to do that. But God saved that man. And that's why I believe that God can save anyone, even someone like this guy, David Berkowitz. Yeah, he is known in the media as the son of Sam. Now, if you guys weren't around then, most of my audience is, is older and they'll, they'll know who this guy is. Um, uh, for the last 33 years, Brother David has lived his life in prison as a son of hope. The author here from uh, Nighthawk Taylor on June 5th, 2020, interviewed him, and uh, it's Jeremiah Nighthawk Taylor interviewed him for faith, uh, fa- faithunderground.org. And I, this is not the first testimony I've heard of him. Um, I've heard other testimonies from him. But I reached out to David in the spring and hoped that he would share his amazing journey of faith, and he agreed. It is our, men- our, our mutual desire to present the truth that no one is beyond the love and mercy of our forgiving God. His story of sin and redemption is more extreme than most of us or will have or will experience, and that makes his testimony so powerful. I want to lift up our Lord's name and point those to who do not know Jesus as Savior to the Lord, to him for salvation. David shares, I also hope to encourage and inspire my brothers and sisters in faith to go deeper in their relationship with him and to serve our Lord with all their heart, soul, and strength. And, da- as, and David reminds us, for with God, nothing shall be impossible, Luke one thirty seven. This is incredible. You know, the, see the picture on the left here, that was him when he first got arrested. The guards used to call him David Berserkowitz because he would go crazy. He would go nuts. He'd throw things around. He'd spit. He'd chew. He'd do all kinds of crazy things. Uh, but now he's a Christian, and that's him on the right. Uh, you know, I thank God that God has the power. God has the power and the ability to save You know, uh, God is just so good. He saved my dear brother Frank. Oh, I can't wait to see in heaven. I can't wait to see Frank in heaven. You know, and and how many people he led. He said, Sal, if I don't get out of here, that's fine. He says, I got a prison ministry, and it's thriving. I'm so excited for him. And, And for years, I've thought about this man for years, 23 life sentences. Someone like David Berkowitz, crazy, screwball guy, who now is serving the Lord. Excuse me. Now he's serving the Lord, and he's, 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 he's in prison telling people about Jesus. Oh, man. All right. So, um, wow. All right, so the... Uh, we're talking about the word hell. I just want to just quickly bring this in. The New Testament word for hell is translated from the Greek word for Gehenna, which is Hebrew for the Valley of the of Hinnom. Now, this is this place is just southwest of Jerusalem, where years before the Jews inhabited Israel, pagans in the land would worship Molech by sacrificing children. This was a place outside Jerusalem's walls, desecrated by Molech worship and human sacrifice thus turned into a dump where the rubbish and refuse were burned. Their smoldering fires and festering worms made it a graphic and effective picture of the fate of the damned. All right, so this is what God was talking about. Now, all through the, all through the Scripture, all through the Scripture, the Word of God, um, 
warns us about hell. It describes it describing hell with images of darkness, gnashing of teeth, fire, complete separation from God. Matthew 8:12, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 22:13. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, Matthew 25, 30, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They are, they, <laughs> Jude 1, 13 says, they are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackness, d- blackest darkness has been reserved Forever, Matthew 13, verses 41 through 43, the Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do we, are, we, are we getting the point here? All right. Um, so the, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom, and their father, whoever he has ears to hear, let him hear. That was in Matthew. Matthew 13, verse 50, And throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He will cut them into pieces, assign them a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 25, 41. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth, where you see... A- when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets of the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out, 1328. So, you know, and it's a place of, of, of oh, it's just, just torture. Here, all right, look, this, this is another scripture. Uh, Mark 48, excuse me, Mark 9, verses 42 through 48. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a milestone or millstone, were hung around his neck, and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter lame, enter, enter life lame than having two feet and to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and their fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, for it is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye, rather than having two, not, two eyes, to be cast into hell fire, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. Now, is Jesus actually saying here that we should pluck out our eye or chop off our hand? No, but he's illustrating that if we can escape hell by doing so, by plucking out our eye or chopping off our hand or our foot, the price would be cheap to escape the darkness. All right, we're going to take a break here, and I will be right back. Right, so uh, we're back. All right, so let's look at the final compartment of the lake of fire that we're going to talk about today, 
uh, final compartment of hell, which is the lake of fire. Now, um, wow, this hell level. All right, the Antichrist and the false prophet and all who reject God. But what is it? What is the lake of fire? Well, Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46 says this, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and the nations will be gathered before him. This is the great white throne judgment, by the way. And he will separate them one from another as a a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. And he will set set the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come, and, and come to you? And the king answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it for one of these, the least of my brethren, you did it for me. Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. There's the key. There's the key. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer answer him, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did, did not do it for one of these the least, one of these the, the one of the least of these you did it you did not do it to me and these will go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into eternal life so we have everlasting punishment that is going to take place again this is prepared for the devil and his angels okay and it is was not originally intended for man we will see this is where man is going to go, all right? Um, see this diagram again. Christ reigns a 1,000 years. You can see it at the, the top from the middle uh, over to the right side. You'll see about, about the 2 o'clock position on the dial. Uh, you'll see a 1,000-year reign of Christ. And then comes a time for the resurrection and the great white throne judgment. So uh, the, 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 the resurrection now... The rest of the dead that lived until the end of the thousand years are now going to be resurrected. The wicked dead from hell are going to be brought up. The, uh, the sea and the, the, the grave will give up their dead and will send it up. Uh, they will be, uh, those wicked dead will go up into uh, heaven uh, to stand before God for the great white throne judgment. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for 1,000 years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit. And you notice that was in the middle of the chart between 
the abyss and uh, be, the bottomless pit, which is the abyss between Tartarus and um, the Lake of Fire. Not that it's not literally that way, but it's just it's a way that we can understand it. Okay, um, and they seized him and threw him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. <clears throat> Excuse me. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. The saints, uh, excuse me, and I saw thrones, and they, they that sat on the throne, and the judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness in Jesus, for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part of the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sands of the sea. They went up from the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, which is going to be Jerusalem where Jesus sets up his, his um, reign. And fire came down from heaven, came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. Now you know, know here, notice here that they are there already. The beast and the Antichrist, when, when Christ came and saved Jerusalem in the battle of Armageddon, he took the beast and the false prophet and threw them into the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, and threw them into the lake of fire, and they've been there for a thousand years so far. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So again, read that verse 10. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, both small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. And there was another book open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Now here's what I was talking about. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, Death, the grave, and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell, or Hades, were sent into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Hence we have... It's not a time, it's not a pleasant time. If you, you know, just now picture this, picture this, will you? There is, um, millions of people perhaps who died and went to hell, that, that compartment of hell that they were, they were tormented. They're now all of a sudden, boom, they're out of there. And they're standing before God at the white throne judgment. 
and they feel relief. Oh, this is good. It's all over. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe I have a second chance now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But now they're standing before God and the books are open and everything that they've done, every dirty word they spoke, every hated, hatred thought, every thought, every word, every deed is recorded. God keeps books. And the books are going to be open, and it says that the, the, they will be judged by what they have done according to what was written in the books. And then another book was opened, which was the Lamb's Book of Life, the, the Book of Life. Okay, we call it the Lamb's Book of Life. It's the Book of Life. And whosever name was not found written in that book was cast into the lake of fire with the devil and his angels. And it will burn there and be tormented there forever and forever and forever and forever. It's a long time. Daily being, have you ever sustained a burn? I've never had a major burn. I've had some pretty big ones. Uh, I was a firefighter, so I get a lot of, I burn myself a lot. And it's painful, man. Can you imagine that pain going on forever and forever and forever? No relief. Tormented. Revelation, again, 2010 says, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And those not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Is this a good place to go? No, it's not. God has better plans for you. There are so many objections about hell. You may be sitting here looking at me today and say, ah, oh, you're crazy. He says, when you die, we're all going to be annihilated, all right? This is one of the objections to hell. Oh, we're going to be annihilated. You know, when you die and you are bad, poof, you're gone forever. Really? Well, that is not punishment. That's not punishment. Be sure of this. Proverbs 11.21 says, The wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free. 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 8-9, through 9, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. There will be, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. So, so you're telling me, Sal, that a genuinely good person, someone that takes care of his kids, his wife, he volunteers at a community center, treats everyone with respect, you're telling me that that guy isn't going to go to heaven? Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, slave or free, noble or priest, pastor or congregant, if you do not repent of your sins and accept the work of Jesus on the cross, you will be in hell. But a God of love wouldn't send people to hell. Oh. You know, the, the concept, the idea that God is a loving and merciful and forgiving God, it, that comes from the Bible, and people have, have twisted it. You know, it is true that the Bible... Above all, above all other books and teachings, paints God as a loving, gracious, merciful, and forgiving of sinners. But it is in the same Bible that teaches us about hell. You know, the Bible is not a salad bar. You can't just go and say, oh, okay, well, I'll take some of that. And, oh, yuck, I don't want any of that hell stuff. You know, no, no. Pile on the love. Pass on the judgment. I'll take some of the mercy, but, uh, but forget that hell stuff. I don't want any judgment or hell. 
They take what they like from the Bible. They reject the other stuff. Well, that is unwise. The same divinely inspired book that reveals that God is love, and it says here, God is love. Yes, it's in here. <sighs> reveals to us that this loving God, the same divinely inspired book reveals to us that it assures us that God is holy, pure, and just. It also reveals he hates sin and that the unrepentant, unforgiven sinners will be judged, condemned, and cast away from his presence forever. You have seriously mistaken if you believe that God is going to ignore his holiness and his justice because he is holy and just. Adulterers, murderers, liars, thieves, fornicators, idolaters, those who dabble in, 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 in drugs and in witchcraft, they will be punished unless they are reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you think. God, God has is it's God is hitting home with this, I think, to some people right now. Well, you may ask if the lake of fire was meant for the devil and his angels, why does God send all the unrighteous there? Well, number one, he's got to send them somewhere. But I've heard the description of the lake of fire put this way. Consider a wood chipper. It's a big machine. You know, I'm sure every one of you have seen one. Okay, it is made to pulverize wood. You could take huge logs and shove it in there, and it will grind them into little chips. All right, now imagine further now if while putting one in a branch, it hooks onto a person's pants, and it starts to drag him in, because this thing doesn't stop. It just sucks it in. You, do, you, you start it, and it drags it in, and it's starting to drag this person in. Okay, you would do anything in your power to stop it, right? Why? Because the machine was made to pulverize. It doesn't care if it's a piece of wood or bone or flesh or rock, whatever. It will do its job. It will pulverize whatever gets put through. The lake of fire is like that. It will punish whomever is thrown into it. It's going to do its job. And God says that those not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be thrown in there. Because they rejected the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. They rejected when they may have watched this show and listened to me talk. And they're going to be reminded of it. You will be reminded of it if you die and go to hell without accepting Jesus. Not that I'm anything special. But maybe you've had loved ones who have come to you and have told you you need to accept Christ. You know, it's a little old-fashioned. Oh, you're one of those crazy Christians. I don't want to hear about this. I forget it. Just leave me alone. No. It's not going to be an excuse before God. The Bible says there's coming a time when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I cannot emphasize it enough. God is so holy that he cannot allow sin in his presence. He loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us. Look, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, and he went around preaching that the kingdom of God was at hand. He was telling them that the long-awaited Messiah that they were looking for was in their midst. The Jews did not believe it. The Jews didn't believe him. 
They were waiting for a political ruler, someone to free them from the then Roman dictatorship that was over Israel. You know, I've heard some people say that Jesus never claimed to be God. Really? Well, listen to this passage of Scripture and see what you think. All right? John chapter 8, verses 48 through 59. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my Father, and and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly, I say to you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, Oh, now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets, yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. What do you, who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the only one who glorifies me, though you do not know him. I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Very truly, I say to you. Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself away, slipping from the temple grounds. Yet here is Jesus himself proclaiming to be equal with the Father. I am is a term that was used for the Lord in the Old Testament. When Moses asked the Lord, who should I I say sent me? God answered, I am that I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. And there were so many phrases and times and so many times in John, Jesus proclaimed, I am. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus was beaten cruelly by the Romans, and he said nothing. He told the disciples at the time of his arrest that he could call 12 legions of angels to come to his aid. But they dragged him off before Pilate. Then he went to Herod. Then he went back to Pilate. And Pilate decided to placate the Jews. He was going to beat Jesus and then let him go. They, they, they took him and they tied him to what's called a platabulum. It's a upright pole with rings on it. And they tied him to that and they stretched him out. They ripped the clothes off his back and... Out came uh, the sergeant of arms, would be in that time, uh, probably a big Roman soldier who, who, um, big Roman soldier who hated being there, hated the Jews, hated being in this hot, nasty area. And now he had supposedly the king of the Jews in his sights. So he takes the scourge. And you, there's some, there's a lot of controversy as to where the scourge or what was on the scourge, but uh, basically it was a whip with a lot of tongues on it. it. Had several different tongues that came out from it, and there was a lead ball on the end of each of those tongues. And to make the 
make the damage and the pain and the torture even worse, they would glue pieces of pottery and broken bone onto each one of those straps. And the sergeant of arms brought that out, and he brought that whip whistling down onto Jesus' back. And when it hit, he would probably twist it and yank back, pulling off tons of flesh, pieces of flesh off of Jesus' back. Now, some people claim that he took 39 stripes because that was the Jewish law. 40 stripes save one, 39 times. However, this wasn't the Jews that were scourging him. These were the Romans. We don't know how many times they struck him. Could have been 100. We don't know. But he was taking that beating, even if he took just 39 can imagine 39 times that whip whistled down onto Jesus' back. 39 times they ripped flesh off his back. They reduced his back to raw hamburger meat. And then when they were done with him, they cut him loose. They put a robe on him, and they took Judean thorns, which were about, I believe, three to four inches thick, long, and they made a crown of thorns, a crown out of the thorns. And they put that down. They didn't gently put it on Jesus' head. They put it down and they beat it down with rods into his skull. And if any of you in the medical field know that the capillaries and things that are up here in the skull, they bleed profusely. Okay? And the blood poured down on Jesus' face. Flies buzzing around him. And on top of this brutal beating, they made him carry his cross because the Jewish crowd didn't want him. They wanted Barabbas to be released. They rejected Christ. And through all of this, he said nothing. And they made him carry a cross. Now, it was probably the cross beam. Um, I, w- I should have put the pictures up. I'm sorry. I, I didn't even think. But if you, if you um, let me just go back to this photo here. If you look, you'll see the, the, the cross like this. This is what we call a Roman cross. But more than likely, the cross was, um, they, they would, uh, it was just the, the cross beam. All right? Just the cross beam. And that cross beam is what they would, he, they would carry, not the whole wooden cross. But whether it was the whole cross or just that beam, they made him carry that outside of the city and up the steep hill to Golgotha, the place of the skull. He'd been beaten. Oh, yeah, they also took, they grabbed his beard and yanked it and took his by the fistfuls. The Bible says he was marred more than any other man. He didn't even look human. Can you imagine the swelling that would take place? The flies wanted the the pain that he was experiencing. And yet he brought that cross up the hill to Golgotha, he fell. Till he was helped by Simon of Cyrene. Tradition says he was a black man. I'm not sure. But he helped Christ carry that cross. They threw him down on the ground. They would put that cross beam on the ground. They would stretch out his arms. And they would nail him probably right here, still considered part of the hand. If they nailed him here, it wouldn't hold the weight. 
and they probably nailed them here, right at the wrist, the joint between the ulna and the radius. There's a place right there, bang, just a, just below these bone these bones, and they would nail it in there. Then they put one foot on the other, and they drove the spikes through the, the huge spike between both of those. After they had lifted the the cross and put it in place, they nailed his feet to it, and that's where he hung. See, he had to lay down his life for the world. John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You know, if you wanted your sins forgiven in the Old Testament, you had to come to a priest and bring a lamb. You'd put your hands on the lamb, which had to be without spot or blemish. It had to be as perfect as possible, and you had to confess your sins. Then the priest would kill the lamb while you were confessing your sins, and that lamb took the punishment for you. It was an atonement of your sins. However, it wasn't permanent, okay? The, the blood, ha- blood had to be shed for the forgiveness of sin for the whole world so that men would not go to hell. So when Jesus was born, Jesus was born out of sin, you know, of the virgin. He, he had to be because it's the, it's the father that passes the sin to the child, okay? She conceived by the Holy Spirit and gave birth to Jesus. And, and believe me, she had children afterwards, okay? She didn't remain a virgin. Do Catholics, I've got to look that up because you guys are wrong. All right, the Bible tells us that Jesus without sin was without sin. He was tempted as we are, but he did not sin. He went to the cross willingly to give up his life. And while he was on the cross, he said things like to the repentant thief, today I'll, you'll be with me in paradise. Remember that place that I showed you? Abraham's bosom, that's what he was referring to. And he said things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And when he said that, he was looking right down through history. He was looking right at me. He was looking right at you. And he's looking at all of those who would accept the work that he did on the cross. He forgave everyone's sin, past, present, and future, if you just accept the work that was done. By his resurrection, he defeated death and the grave. Satan thought that he had won over Jesus. The Bible tells us that if the powers of darkness had known about the resurrection, they never would have crucified Jesus. See, the resurrection is our assurance of salvation. If Christ be not risen, our, 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 our faith is with nothing. We know that Jesus died and rose again, and so we who are his are anxiously returning, anxiously awaiting his return. You know, he's coming back to take the body of Christ of uh, those of who have accepted him into heaven, you know, if we die first, we go to be with him immediately, absent with the body, present with the Lord. We're right in his presence. If you have not accepted Christ in your life, I would admonish you, why not? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Accept the work that he did for you. Call upon him while he may be heard. He's here. You know, if you die today, would you go to heaven to be with God? If you're not sure, then please don't hesitate. Ask him to forgive you right now. Renounce the ways of darkness and doubt no more. He is here. Pray and call out to him and say, God, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I accept him today. Thank you, Lord. 
It doesn't have to be those words exactly. When I was told the gospel, mine were like, God, I give up. I can't do it anymore. Please help me. I surrender. The next day I woke up and I knew something had happened to me. The song that's playing is Amazing Grace. think of the words to that song amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved God's grace will I'm hoping God is getting through to you today. I pray that God's getting through to you today. God's amazing grace. He didn't have to die for us. But yet, the Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. So you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to become some religious fanatic. In fact, religion is the one thing you don't want to get involved with. Some religious people are going to be in hell wondering why they're there. God has such a desire for you to come to him. He cries out, I have made the way. Here's my son. He took the beating for you. He took the punishment for you. Died on the cross for you. And I think of when I think of Jesus going to, the Bible says that he descended to the lower parts of the earth. And I, I know he's gone to paradise while he was waiting for the resurrection and he preached to those people down there. Can you imagine? Oh, can you imagine the four Hebrew children or three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And there was a fourth man that looked like the Son of God in there with him. And they go, it was you. It was you. There you are. Yes. And he tells them what he had to do. And when he resurrected, he took those people with him so that they are now in heaven safely kept with him. Jesus is coming soon to take, him, take his children home. Don't miss out. So if you've prayed that prayer or something like it, or if you have any other questions, please contact me at thetruthmustbetold.org. That is thetruthmustbetold.org. And uh, I will pray with you. I will help you as much as I can. I'll help you get started with your walk in the Lord. I promise you I won't spam you, give out your emails to others. It'll just be between you, me, and God, because that's what it is. This is between, not us, this is between God. And I want you to be in heaven with me when I go there. She would say, Sal, I listened to your show. And, and, and I got saved. I accepted Christ. 
and I'm going to rejoice with you. And we'll get to meet face to face. All right, well, I want to just wish you, God bless you. Have a wonderful evening in the Lord. Don't forget to contact me at thetruthmustbetold.org and I'll be glad to help you. God bless and we will see you soon, either here, there, or in the air.